Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never ever give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, I got a question for you. But what will you do when the end comes? Amen. Because that was a question that the Lord was asking Judah. Because Judah, just like how it is today, They loved themselves some false prophets. And so I was going over some notes because I want to talk about false doctrine, false teachers, pastors, and prophets. Because just like Paul told told Timothy, there will come a time when people will turn from sound doctrine. And so what happens when you stay up under these false teachers being indoctrinated by all of these traditions of men, doctrines of devils, just straight out lies? What happened to your spiritual well-being? Because just like in Judah's day, Those lying prophets, they were preaching that, no, you're not going to go into captivity. God is going to bless you. Even though the people were steeped in their idolatry and rebellion and sin, rather than repent and do what God has called them to do, they too, like we do today, They run after false prophecy. When judgment is coming down the pike, God has sent prophet after prophet day after day to warn Judah that if they don't turn back to God, he is going to send the Babylonians to deal with them and carry them off into exile. So, 
don't we see that today? I can't tell you how many messengers are out here telling the people they must repent. Christ is coming soon. Judgment day is around the corner. The fact that the Lord is tarrying, that is for you. That is for your benefit. Because if you are still in sin, and I'm talking about willful practicing sin, everyday sin, you, you've already said in your heart, you ain't stopping this, you ain't coming out of it. And at the same time, you profess Jesus as Lord and Savior in your life. Folks, you are deceived. So, before we get started... Let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you for being so merciful. Thank you for being so kind and loving and righteous and holy. Thank you, Father, that once we come to the understanding, yes, you are love, but you are also a holy God a righteous God. You will not tolerate sin. You hate sin. You hate those who tell lies. A lying tongue will send a person straight to a burning hell. Lord Jesus said in Revelation 21.8 that all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. So, Father, we ask for wisdom, grace, strength, tenacity to hold on to this truth we have been given. Christ Jesus died on our behalf, paying the penalty for our sins, we racked up that huge sin debt that we could not have possibly have paid. But Christ Jesus became a sin offering so that your wrath will not be upon those who believe in Jesus, who repent of their sins, who have who have turned their backs on this world. And all we want to do is follow Christ. No longer do we want to sit up under these false teachers. Christ Jesus paid a dear price. His precious blood was poured out so that we can be set free from the power and control of sin and father we know from scripture that you that you've accepted Christ's sacrifice by raising him from the dead so in Christ we find our righteousness you did tell us though and this is the sad comment commentary of it all. 2 Timothy 4, 
three to five. The Amplified says, "For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenge that challenges them with God's truth, but wanting." Wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the ever's they hold, and will turn their ears away from the truth, and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions, and will accept the unacceptable. But as for you, be clear-headed in every situation. Stay calm and cool and steady. Endure every hardship without flinching. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill the duties of your ministry. Amen. Glory be to God and Father, as we will see today, and we can take a lesson from Judah when we. Heap upon ourselves all of these false teachers, all of these charismatics. They are prolific. They are profound. They are well versed in the scriptures, and and they use that to their advantage, so that they can cherry pick them and twist them. And if we continue to stay up under these false prophets, well, you've already said that we will suffer the same punishment. And not only that, but you will cause us to want to hear all them lies. How tragic is that to be turned over? To lies, when we have the truth right here on the inside of us, Father, thank you for your mercy and your patience. Glory be to your name, Father. I ask for wisdom to be able to teach today's lesson. Help me to understand the scriptures. May the Holy Spirit move on me. Open up my my mind, so that I can see the deep things in your word, Father. I want to learn. I never want to get to the point where I believe I have arrived. I will never arrive until Christ comes for me, or I go by the way of the grave, and then I get to see you face to face, Father. I pray that. All that I do bring you glory, and I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ that they remain out of sin, be totally committed to you, to your Son, and allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify them. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. 
Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Yeah. So listen, Paul hit the nail on the head. He told Timothy this centuries ago that there will come a time when people will not endure sound doctrine. Why? Because of sin. Listen, my hand is raised. When you are in willful practicing sin, everyday sin. Sin, you know, if you continue doing this, you will go to hell and yet you do it anyway. That that type of sin I'm talking about. When you are in sin like that, you don't readily go and find preachers and teachers who talk about hell, repentance, and the lake of fire, and you better stop sinning. For some reason, we don't gravitate that way. We tend to gravitate toward tickling ear messages. Whether or not we we knew that it was a phrase called tickling ear messages, but we tend to gravitate towards those messages that that makes us feel good that you know what God still loves me anyway he wants me to be blessed he wants me to be healthy wealthy and wise he wants all these things for me so I want to hear some more of that I don't want to be told for the 10th time I need to stop sleeping around put away the porn, stop uh, uh, masturbating to the porn, stop committing adultery, come up out of these adulterous remarriages when my first covenant spouse is still alive. For some reason, I don't know why and, and how, but anybody that was preaching on prosperity, word of faith, talking right, thinking right, watching the words you say because words are containers and if you dump that out, well that is what that is what going to show up in your life like all this new age mess. When what we need to hear is what Jesus taught. He taught repentance. That was the first sermon the first thing he preached when he started his earthly public ministry repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand amen and so here we are in the 21st century everybody wants to come against well it seems like to me okay that everybody wants to come against holiness teaching. That it's impossible to be sin free. Only Jesus was perfect. They seem to have forgotten that Christ Jesus gave us a command. To go, comma, and sin no more. So if it was impossible... 
he would not have told that woman over there in John 8:11 who was caught in the very act of adultery to go comma and sin no more if it was not possible to do so and if it was so impossible why did he have to die in such a way that was brutal violent bloodied mutilating painful, shameful. Why did he have have to die in such a fashion if we will remain slaves to sin? So the problem is, well, number one, it's not God and it's not the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know it ain't the Holy Spirit. Is you still wanting what you want? Certain things you have no problem giving up, but there are other things you are not willing to give up. And people tend to make excuses like, well, Jesus knows I'm trying, but are you really trying? Well, Jesus knows my heart. Yes, he does. And that is your problem. He knows your heart. You are deceived to think that just because you go into somebody's brick and mortar building and you practice along with everyone in that building the false doctrine of tithing and sowing money seed that you have fellowship with the Father and you do not. You don't confess your sins. You think God is playing you believe that well you you must believe this okay that it's okay to trample over the precious blood of Jesus so so even if you don't think that that is what you are doing I'm telling you that is exactly what you are doing you're not even confessing anything because you believe the lie like all of us have. Well, no, 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 not all of us. I can only speak for myself and maybe a few others that we bought the same lie. Once you are saved, you are always saved. And these false teachers are not preaching on the fear of the Lord. They only want you to hone in on God's love. God is love, 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 which he most certainly is. But guess what? Love gets angry with the wicked and he is not going to tolerate their evil, wicked ways. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, Love was hanging up there on the cross, dying for my sins and your sins as well. So when we continue to sit up under these men and women who deliberately, deliberately twist scriptures just so that they can get money from you, and ply you with all of these false prophecies so that you can come back week after week looking looking to hear 
another word from the Lord. Huh. Yeah, well, he says to stop sinning. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves to sin. How is it that someone can promise you freedom when they are in jail right along with you? And not only that, you pay them money to hear how you have been set free and you're both still in jail. And you continue to pay this person money week after week to keep telling you you are you are free, knowing you you are looking at a life sentence. So folks, listen, I got a commentary for you all because Jeremiah, hold on, let me bring out the paper notes. Hold on. Before I make a mess on my little table here. Listen. Jeremiah 5. Right? Verses 30 to 31. Listen. Listen to what the Lord is saying. Okay? An appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. And the priests rule at their direction. My people love to have it so. But what will you do when the end comes? And I'm like, if this isn't the question of the age, what will you do, 21st century quote-unquote believer? What will you do when the end comes? Because Judah's end was coming to an end. Okay. They were in Jerusalem and the surrounding cities living their best lives ever. The Lord was sending Jeremiah and all those prophets, right? All of his contemporary prophets during that time, Isaiah. All of them, right? Telling the people that they must come out of this wicked thing that they are doing. They were committing spiritual adultery. They were worshiping false gods. They were uh, sacrificing to these false gods. And not only that, they were bringing them into the temple. Into the temple doing shameful, sexual, perverted acts as they were sacrificing to these demons and the Lord is like would you look at this mess you mean to tell me after all what I have done for you all this is the this is the thanks well what's going to happen when the end come because the end was coming Babylonian the, the Babylonians, King Nebuchadnezzar, the terror from the north, he was coming because God used him as an instrument to deal with rebellious, adulterous Judah. So Hosea 4.6 says, 
My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why? Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your of your God, I also will forget your children. Amen. Folks, listen. False doctrine is powerful. Good doctrine saves souls. And so, we see Paul's admonition to Timothy. In 1 Timothy 4.16, he said, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Amen. And so, I want to share with you this this commentary on Jeremiah 5, right? That verse we just read, right? Where it says, an appalling, an appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land, right? Hold on, let me scroll down here. Because what was happening, right? The people of Judah, they did not fear God for his mighty power. Nope. Jeremiah 5.20 all the way to 31 talks about this. Nor do they give him thanks for the benefits he gives them through nature. They think they can go their own way regardless of God. But in doing so, they miss out on his blessings by cruelty, cunning, and bribery. The wealthy increase their power, but the poor cannot obtain justice in even the smallest affairs. And this is what was going on back in Judah's day, back in Jeremiah's day. The administrators and judges alike are corrupt. We see that in verses 26 to 28 of Jeremiah 5. God sees all this and will not allow it to go unpunished. That's in verse 29. He sees also that priests and prophets cooperate in the wrongdoing while the people in general, instead of rebuking them, hmm, they encourage them. Judah is a nation of corrupt and greedy people who are only concerned for their immediate prosperity. They cannot see that they are heading for a dreadful end. Amen. And that is why in verse 31, the Lord was like, uh-huh, but what will you do when the end comes? Huh? Listen. The cause of the trouble is the failure of the nation to honor their religious duty of praising and worshiping God. Because they were too busy praising and worshiping other gods, right? And this made way for the false prophets and the reprobate priests. That's why the Lord was like, no, I am going to reject you over here in um, Hosea 4, 6. He says, 
You know how my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge? Well, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Amen. So listen, God turned them over. He rejected them. They are reprobates now, these priests. Right, Holy Spirit. And I wonder if these are the same priests that were that were getting the business from the Lord over there in the in the book of Malachi speaking of which that book has been widely abused by today's false prosperity word of faith teachers they love to pull out Malachi 3:10 Malachi 3:8 Malachi 3:9 to further Cynthia, you better be nice to further indoctrinate you with the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed. Those priests over there in Malachi, please take all of two seconds and read that book. It's really a short book. It's only like four chapters, right? Those priests were corrupt instead of bringing the Lord unblemished animals for uh, sacrificing they will bring lame uh, blind sick animals to be sacrificed they will save the choice uh, animals for themselves they were they were in sin and they were profaning his name and and had the nerve the gall the the unmitigated gall to acts of the Lord. What you mean we rob you? When did we rob you? Yeah, please read that book because the Lord was not talking to Israel as a nation. He most certainly was not talking to us Gentiles. So why, oh why, oh why would these false teachers continue to pull out Malachi to further foster their money-making schemes. It's all a lie, folks. Please, please do not get me started on whether or not we got to keep any of those laws, especially tithing. No, we do not. Check the podcast. By the grace of God, I have done many teachings on that false doctrine of tithing. So this just goes right along with what Paul was saying. A time will come when people will heap upon themselves all of these false teachers to tickle their ears, to make them feel good that that they still have fellowship with God and to prove that give the church your money. We're going to make sure it gets to God. Yeah, right. And, um, And you will have favor with God because if you give God money, oh, he's going to give you a blessing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You right. And this is where the deception comes into play. Do you really think that you can live live your life like every bit of the devil? And just because you bring God $5 that he's going to send you a, a blessing? from heaven just because you brought some money into somebody's church 99.9% of the time Jesus did not even send that person 
to shepherd over his flock. Listen, anybody that tells you that if you give God money and he will give you money back a hundredfold, grab your hat, grab your coat, and don't forget your wallet and get up out of there. That is a wolf, a wolf, wolf, wolf. Jesus will never send anybody to put you back up under the law since he has already fulfilled the law when he went to the cross on our behalf. And not only that, those laws were only given to Israel. Gentiles were not given the law. So why now in the 21st century do these false teachers drag you up and down the Old Testament, putting you back up under God's curse because the curse of it all is not that if you don't bring God his money, well, he's going to curse you. No, the curse is this, that if you do tithe, if you do any, any one, of the 613 laws of Moses and you only keep one well because you are not keeping all the others you are under a curse listen we ain't got no business child of God 21st century blood bought new covenant follower of the Lord Jesus Christ has any business doing any one of them laws Paul tells us in the New Testament that we give cheerfully with a willing heart with no percentage amount. Listen, as the Lord um, prospers you, okay, give until your heart's content. Listen, if, if you want to give your local church a billion dollars. Give it. If you only have two nickels to rub together and you can only give them two pennies, then give that cheerfully without someone looking down their noses at you, talking about why you why are you keeping God's money? And ain't nobody keeping God's money. What what does God want with with money because Jesus the Lord Jesus Christ has told us do not store up for yourselves treasures on this earth folks as it was <laughs> get me I told y'all don't get me started okay as it was in the days of the flood Right. When when every thought and imagination of men's hearts was evil and only evil continually, the mission of Abraham and his posterity to keep alive the knowledge and love of the true God had at last totally failed, except for the righteous remnant, because we see throughout history, how God has dealt with man's wickedness, right? We see with the flood 
there was the condition before the flood when men was so evil, wicked, and vile. And then you had them fallen angels sleeping and marrying with the daughters of men, creating these giants. There, I mean, wickedness was everywhere. And God only saved one family, eight people. Only eight people walked up on Noah's ark. The Lord told Noah to build an ark. He gave him instructions, precise instructions. So God dealt with the wickedness of men's hearts during that time. And then we see the Tower of Babel. Then there was the organized wickedness that culminated in the Tower of Babel, and God's answer then was the confounding of the languages of humanity and the introduction of the device of the chosen people. And then we see how God is going to deal with the whole race of Adam. All the Jews and Gentiles alike had given themselves to Satan for the third time. What would God do? Well, he sent the blessed Savior in his first coming. That is the reason God has been so careful to announce three times in the last two chapters of Jeremiah that this is not the end of Israel. This will be a mission, <clears throat> excuse me, a mission of mercy. <clears throat> so, and then we will see what will God do at the end of the age? <clears throat> because the question on the floor is, but what will you do when the end of the age come, comes? Because we know what the Lord is going to do <laughs> at the end of the age when he returns. You know what that is? Well, we can go to uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 through 9 in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Amen. So we see throughout history how God has dealt with wicked generations. That is why it behooves us to come out from amongst these false teachers. That is why it behooves us to repent and stop sinning. The Bible tells us who our teacher is. Hold on. Let me 
make a whole bunch of noise noise turning these pages hold on where is it at hold on i got i got something for you look first john 2 verses 26 to 27 teaches us that the holy spirit teaches all things and what he and what he teaches is true it is not a lie Listen, folks, all those many years that I sat up under the likes of Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, T.D. Jakes, Paula White, Marilyn Hickey, who else? Joyce Myers, who else? Charles, Charles Stanley, who else? Well, a little bit of Joel Osteen. I, I, I tolerated him, but yeah, um... Who else? Pretty much anyone who was teaching on word of faith, prosperity, right? Sitting up under these teachers, being fed twisted scriptures. I did not know that who they were talking about wasn't the real Jesus Christ. Not at all. It was a false Christ. That Jesus told me that my eternal um, security, that since I've now been saved, I can rest assured, assured that my place in heaven is firmly cemented, that I have eternal security. And when they teach it like that, there is no fear of the Lord, which we should have a healthy dose, a terrifying fear of the one that can throw you into the lake of fire. And so they, they soften God up by honing, honing in on his fatherhood, his love for his children, how how he comforts us and, and how he gives us peace, whereas we have nothing to fear and that we can be just like our father, little gods, little creators, and that we can create the world we want by the words we speak. And so... That's good news that even though I'm in sin and you know what? I should stop it only because not because it can send me to a burning hell, but that I block the blessings of material possessions that God wants to get to me, but he can't because number one, I haven't commanded him to, oh boy. And, and, and number two, that I'm doing something that that stops him. Yo, looking back on all of that hot, hot mess. And I'm like, how much pride and arrogance do a person have to have that that they can command the hand of God to move in their life lives? And he he just sitting back like, OK, Sally Jane of Wyoming, um, just uh, let me know when you finish, stop 
uh, sleeping with, with that man who is not your spouse and then come to me because I got this Cadillac waiting for you. So carry on. <sighs> yeah, we all better wake up. So listen, we need to come out from among these false teachers. I can't, I, I can't, I can't say it enough. So listen, hold on. Let us put our eyes on scripture about sound doctrine, right? So we see Titus 2.1. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. In 1 Timothy 1.10-11, Paul warns Timothy of false teachers, and he explicitly ties sound doctrine to the gospel. Amen. And I already gave y'all 2 Timothy 4 verses 3 to 4 about how people will heap upon themselves all these false teachers. Mm-hmm. Look, Matthew seven fifteen, Jesus was saying that despite their sheep clothing cover up, we'll know them by their fruit. Okay. Our Lord and Savior did not leave us clueless. And for some reason, they just jump over scriptures like this, pointing out the obvious. And when they do talk about a false teacher, they they talk about it as if they are not one themselves. And I'm like, well, now in hindsight, and I'm like, but you are a false teacher, too. You cannot tell these people they ain't going to heaven. Okay. So what else I got for you here? Right. First Timothy 4, 1 through 2. The spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Demons, such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Folks, you got to understand that any doctrine that is contrary to the gospel is damning. That's why I always say that, 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 that damning prosperity gospel, because it is damning. Listen, if we buy into it, we will spend eternity in the lake of fire. Listen, Lord Jesus told the Pharisees, okay, because they were disseminating false, uh, a false doctrine of works, right? He says in Matthew 23, 15, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Because, folks, we have to understand what false doctrine is. It is anything that is contrary to the gospel. Anything that goes against that you must stop sinning and that when you believe in Jesus, you believe that he paid your sin debt and that you now follow his teachings and you make a commitment to obey them. 
because a lot of these popular false doctrines are, let's see, once saved, always saved, tithing and sowing money seed, Torah keepers, church home, church membership, pre-trib rapture, that damnable prosperity gospel, uh, just believe, easy grace, everybody's going to get in. It's this one big universal religion that at the end of the day, God is going to take everybody to heaven. Oh, really? Hmm. Listen, any place where they don't preach the full counsel of God, you have a big side eye, okay? Because all they all they want you to know is that how God is a loving God, that if you bring him money, oh, he is going to bless you. This is what he lives for, to bless you. They rarely, if ever, hone in on the fact that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's like it's like nobody wants to talk about that. As a matter of fact, let let, let me think. Hmm. Nope. I've I've never heard. I I'm, I must have read it. I, I must have. But I, you know what? I was never taught, I should say. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. No one, not near, none of them, ever said that if you stay in these sins, you will go straight to a burning hell. No. Only time they even talked about sin was that Sin produces fear. Sin blocks the blessings of God from coming into your life. And the the hidden agenda, thank you, Holy Spirit, of packaging it that way so that if God doesn't bless you, you won't have money Therefore, you won't have money to bring back to the church. So it wasn't so much that they were so concerned over your your eternal soul. Oh, no, no, no. They wanted to make sure that you didn't stop up. You didn't do anything to stop them from getting to the money bag. So... They could care less if you were still smoking your weed and this and that. They just wanted you to know that if you if you continue to do that, well, God is not going to give you some money. He's not going to give you that house. You, you're not going to have that good job you want. You won't have that brand new shiny Cadillac you want. You won't be able to get a mansion on the hill like me, this $10 billion jet like me. And so when when you become wealthy, it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's like a Ponzi scheme. There's always someone on the top pulling the strings. And the more that you continue to sow into their ministries, and the more that if you stand in big time faith for God to bless you, then that's more money coming your way. 
Therefore, that's more of a 10% they get to have. The more money you make, the richer they get. To put it in a nutshell. So, folks, what is the takeaway? Well, the takeaway is what are you going to do when the end comes? Are you in right standing with the Lord? Or are you relying on false prophets to continue to prophesy to you that even though you are sinning up to your eyeballs, that God is going to bless you? Let me give you a news bulletin. God will never bless sin. Never. He's not changing that. So, I don't care who tells you that God is going to bless you. As a matter of fact, I got a word from the Lord knowing that you just smoked that blunt before you got up this morning to head to this meeting. You know you just got out of bed with your living lover, but yet this prophetess, this man of God got a word for you from the Lord. And that word is that he is going to bless you tenfold this month. Ain't happening. No, what you need to do is to repent, stop sinning and turn back to God. So there we go. And to leave these false teachers alone. My pastor is not a false teacher he, he teaches on repentance. He, he teaches about hell and the lake of fire. Okay. Well, does he have your uh, tithing? Well, yeah. How else is the bills at the church are going to get paid? Okay, here we go. Well, precious, I have to break it. I hate to break it to you. Jesus did not send that person. No, again, Jesus is ne- Jesus would never the Lord the Lord Jesus Christ will never send anybody to shepherd over his flock and put you back up under the law when he has already fulfilled it. They got the same Bible like you do. They know the scriptures. Oh, they went to their little seminary schools, which by the way, Christ Jesus already told me personally that he is not in seminary. Why would he send you to an institution so that you can pay them tens of thousands of dollars to learn the word of God when he sent the Holy Spirit to us so that we can be taught from heaven directly? Because don't be mistaken, these these seminary schools God is not in, not near one of them because man created them, these schools, schools. And for the most part, they are backed and funded by the Illuminati and Freemasons. Do your homework. So anybody who calls themselves pastor, bishop, prophetess, prophet, evangelist, folks, run. They want your worship. 
if that's the lane that God has put you in, if that's the, one of the five gifts of ministry that the Lord has given you, okay, well then be about it. You don't have to shout it from the roots, rooftops. Oh, oh, I'm Pastor Jenkins. Oh, I'm I'm Evangelist Sheila. Like these titles only usurp worship from the people. Let me decide. Let no. Let me perceive whether or not you are a prophet. Let me perceive whether or not you are an apostle, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher. Okay? Let me perceive that. Because if you tell me that, well, then my perception is gone. So now I'm going to look at you as if you are a prophet. Let me see. Let me see any of your prophecies come to pass. Okay? Because, see, again, in closing, that's why I said you must. It is a must that you get into these scriptures for yourself. Because the Lord Jesus told us there are wolves ravenous wolves oh they they look like a sheep they may even sound like a sheep but inside of them mm, 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 they ain't nothing nothing but wolves looking to tear you apart that's why he's when he was talking about these these false prophets he says that many will say to him, Lord, Lord, didn't we not, what, prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty good works in your name? And he's going to tell them, I never knew you. Who are you? All you was doing was prophesying. You wasn't prophesying. You were prophesying. And all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. So, folks, I'm saying all of this to say this. Sit with the Holy Spirit. You get into this word for yourself. Because at the end of the day, you and you alone will stand before Jesus to give an account for your life every action every thought every deed you have ever have have ever done has been recorded whether good or bad Christ Jesus says that when he returns he told me to tell the people that when he returns he will have his reward with him and he will give to every person according to their deeds so again it behooves us to study this word for yourself so that if you do go into a brick and mortar uh, building when you start to hear twisting of the scriptures you would know to get out of there if not call a meeting with the quote-unquote pastor and ask him why is he teaching against Jesus teachings and commandments you have a right to question that person 
Yes, you do. So. That's pretty much it today, folks. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We are called to live as children of the light. As he is in the light. So shall we be also. We must repent and put away every sin that so easily besets us. Psalms 119 verse 9 says it all. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? And the answer is by living according to your word. Amen. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you just as you say he is. Amos 5.14 The fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Amen. Mm -mm. I want to leave you with this last scripture. This is, hold on, this is this, yeah, Galatians. Paul was outraged. Have you ever read the book of Galatians? Mm. Paul was in a tizzy. He was having a fit. You want to know why? He left them with sound doctrine. And they allowed these, these counterfeiters, these converted Jews, okay, who, who, who said that they received the gospel, that right, Christ Jesus is the Messiah, but yet they were still teaching the people that, okay, that's all good and well, but you still must do these works. Like, there's still some parts of the law that you still must keep. And the people were starting to believe that and do it. So Paul wrote this letter like, who bewitched you? Oh, he was going on a tear. And right in the middle of that, he rebuked Peter publicly out in the open. Right? Because when his highfalutin uh, Jewish convert uh, comrades would would come around, he would act like, oh, he has nothing to do with the Gentiles when in fact he was eating with them, you know, living amongst them and, you know, but then as soon as the circumcision comes around, here he go acting like he's, like he never heard the gospel or whatever. So, Paul called him out on that. And so, in the letter, right, chapter 1, verses 6 to 9, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. 
Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, they doing that today, right? So he says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a no, no to preach to you a gospel contrary contrary to the one we preach to you let him be accursed as we had said before so now i say again if anyone paul was like and i mean if anyone okay if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received let him be accursed paul is like let him be damned Listen, I already preached to you the true gospel. So if they come up with anything outside of that, and he was like, I already told you, but I'm going to say it again. If anybody, and I mean anybody, I don't care who it is, even if it's me, even if an angel comes down from heaven, that preaches another gospel than the ones you heard, than the one you heard, let him be damned. I was like, all right, Paul. There we have it. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you that we have your word that we can go to for a sound counsel, sound doctrine. Father, in my observation, I've come to realize that a lot of people don't love Jesus. A lot of them don't know him to love him. And not only that, that they set up these mega churches claiming they know Christ. No, they do not. They are preaching a false Christ. They are preaching Another gospel, prosperity, one saved, always saved, and all of this foolishness. Well, Paul, who was led by the Holy Spirit to utter, let them be accursed. So, Father, I pray that they repent. Some may, may be turned over already to a reprobate. But for the ones who are feeling that prick in their hearts like, you know what, I've been lying. How am I going to now get out of all of this? I got salaries to pay. I got mortgages. I have a lifestyle. I got a wife. I got these kids. I got the whole world looking at me. So now if I turn around and go, well, you know what, it's been one big lie, I'm going to feel so embarrassed. So what? Feel embarrassed now rather than being tormented in the lake of fire. Father, I repent for all the times that I've sat up under these wolves in sheep's clothing. I repent for all the times that I was too lazy and too self-indulged in my own life to actually sit and learn from the Holy Spirit. My problem was, like the Lord Jesus pointed it out to me, I had not put...
put on the new man. Nope, I did not. I did not completely turn to Christ. I did not turn from my sin and make a commitment to live holy and clean because I was too busy living my toxic, dysfunctional, suicidal life. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. You you saved me. And let me make a public proclamation. My God saved me. He is merciful. He is, he is forgiven. And he is loving kindness. And he reconciles sinners to himself. When we turn from our sins, turn from that old sinful, lustful way of thinking and come to Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. I will eternally be grateful and humble. Thank you, Father, for dealing with me, showing me, teaching me, comforting me. Thank you so much. You are a good Father, a merciful Father. A father who is not playing. And I love every bit of you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Well, there we have it. Please give considerable thought. What will happen when the end come comes? And what will happen on the day you draw your last breath? Make sure you are in right standing with the Father, because you don't want to be shell-shocked on Judgment Day to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. Amen? Amen. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. Amen? Amen. And Lord willing, excuse me, all this water I'm drinking, Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye. Thank you.